And it's our time to sit down with the athletic director for the University of Nebraska, Trev Alberts, his monthly show. A lot to cover over what's been a wild 30 days for all the fall sports wrapping up and the winter sports getting cranked up. If you want to be a part of the program, 402-413-2400. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Did you find some turkey? I'm sure you found something to eat, right? Yeah, we had a lot of turkey and a lot of family and uh, an awful lot of fun, you know, and... Uh, the reality is, and as, as I'm getting older, I'm not that old, but 53, my wife and I were kind of chatting with the family. Boy, we have, we have so much to be thankful for, all of us, you know, to live in a, a country like we do, to live in a community like Lincoln, Nebraska, in a state like Nebraska. Uh, listen, we have our challenges, uh, but we are a blessed people. And uh, so great Thanksgiving. Obviously, wish the game would have turned out a little bit differently. Uh, but just an awful lot to be thankful for. Let's start with our fans. How about the turnout? How about the attendance and the turnstiles for your events this fall? Yeah, you know, you, you just can't say enough about Husker Nation and our fans, and uh, we try to talk about them all that we can, um, mostly, again, as a way of saying thank you. Um, you look at our fall sports, it just, and it really kind of set the tone and started with Volleyball Day in Nebraska. And, uh, you know that that event, and I, I would say I, I would like to um, I'd like to recognize and salute and congratulate all of the teams that made the NCAA tournament. I mean, you think about every one of the participating in volleyball day in Nebraska made the NCAA tournament, right? And so, congratulations to UNO and to Wayne and to UNK. So, really, really uh, awesome in that. And but um, and then to see what happened with our soccer program and make the Elite Eight and get to host, you know, their field uh, in the tournament to watch the fans. I mean. To be honest with you, our fans were, and there was a learning experience for us. I mean, we had a real challenge parking all of them. I mean, traffic was a nightmare. We need to get better there. We will. Um, and then again, to see our, our football fans continue to come out. Uh, people, uh, But just under 900,000 people showed up to support Husker athletes in the fall season. We're grateful, uh, and we're going to continue working with what they're proud of. And it- you mentioned the, the football game on Friday. That, that one needed to go in the win column to make bowl eligibility for the program. Just give us your thoughts now that you've gone 12 months with Coach Rural as the head. hard to see those young men hurt the way that they did. And on the one hand, you know, it, it just really tugged at my heartstrings to see them in such pain. On the other hand, um, you know, that, that's my heart. My head tells me, all right, the right things are happening because they really cared, and it really, really hurt Greg. Uh, those young men invested so much. They deserved better. And I think as Coach Rule, and I, I believe we're a tough team. You know, you, you look across the board of our fall sports, and soccer is a tough team. You know, I want Husker athletics, and I want the teams, and I want their coaches. I want us to play coach with an edge, and I want us to be tough. That's what Nebraskans expect. I think our volleyball team is really tough. They have a mental toughness about them. I think football is a tough team. Uh, the, the way they practice this year, I think development, in a sense, um, just bitter disappointment, mostly for the players, you know, because I know, I personally lived what they invested, and many of them have invested way more than even than I did, right? Um, so to see them not get that opportunity was, was hurtful, but then to see them and to see people like Ty Robinson asked to come back, I think the culture is set. Uh, I, I think the challenging is it for football, all coaches have to deal with still this COVID year, the extra mm-hmm. year. And that makes roster management really challenging, doesn't it? Well, you, you know, it does. And, and, and obviously, you're so culturally, you're trying to manage. You bring young people in. Of course, they want to play. You've got great seniors who have that extra year of eligibility. They want to continue being here. So as your point, managing that. And then you're managing it within movement, transfer portal, multiple window opportunities, NIL, um, you know, 
not feeling sorry for coaches, but I, I, years ago, five, ten head coaches were. And so that's where I, I gain a lot of confidence in the fact that Matt Rule is our leader because I, I, I know how intelligent Matt is. I know how strategic he is. Uh, I know that he has the experience of building in previous places that have been successful. And so, uh, you know, our job is to, to... How does that work? Well, I'm assuming he's referring to football. Yeah, and, and, and every situation is a little bit different, right? I mean, there isn't a, you know, a, a standard way of that everybody, a lot of it comes down to, to market value. It comes down to, you know, uh, more of our dollars are directly going to student athletes, either right now via through collectives or eventually in settled litigation that ultimately, you know, sort of uh, uh, legislates or, or, or mandates some of that. I, I think you'll see some adjustments at the end of the day. There's a scarcity of resources, and how you allocate those will be decided, you know, by administrators in terms of what's in their best interest. So, I think, there, but clearly, there's going to be some changes to that as we move forward. Does he have control over the budget for his staff? Is yeah. that him, or do you consult with him on that? We work together. The great thing about Matt is, you know, he uh, we're we're in lockstep together. We talk about everything. I mean, I, I Matt is a head competitive, uh, be competitively successful. But at the end of the day, there's a salary pool that's negotiated prior to their ball game that was on Peacock. Can you explain how that happened? Well, it's a good question, Tim. You know, how it happens is uh, the Big Ten Conference engages in uh, negotiations with networks. And uh, uh, so at the end of the day, of course, those are not decisions that are made by institutions. Um, but, you know, the reality is this. Um, I think the actual production on Peacock is fantastic. The challenge is what is your Wi-Fi capability and how, what is your speed? That's the issue, because I did get some feedback. Number one, folks who don't have access to that, or number two, that the speeds aren't, so now you're getting sporting events, is changing dramatically. And this is the first step, but I think even ESPN has announced um, that it, by 2025, this is the wave. We need to be prepared that all games will be on streaming services. And so at some point, somebody will figure out and then not have uh, have our media partners have some say. But I, I do apologize to our fans that were disrupted in that area. Uh, but I, I also need to be honest that um, it's not going away. And quite frankly, over the next several years, we'll probably be accelerating. Well, it's pretty neat. The Wisconsin game is on primetime on NBC. The Black Friday game with Iowa is on CBS. How did you feel like year one with the football season went with your new TV partners? I thought it went really well. You know, it's very clear to me, and, and the CBS deal was, was much smaller, so they still had some of that inventory with CBS that they had to, um, to deliver on. So next year will be CBS's full year of only Big Ten games in that window. Uh, but I think some of the, I don't want to misquote it, but I think, you know, um, Big Noon kickoff on Fox was the highest rated window in all of college football. We'll have a 2.30 exclusive window on national TV and CBS and then primetime on NBC. Wow. That was the vision all along where the Big Ten Conference on linear TV could own Saturday. Our job at Nebraska is to ensure that we have a football product that is selected by those networks. And not only selected, that in those primetime games when everybody's watching, we find a way to win. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Very good. 402-413-2400. Let's go to the phones for the first time. We'll stay in Lincoln. Jason, you are up first tonight with Trev. Hey, Trev. Hi, I Jason. Got like a silly question. I got like a silly question, but so it's go big red, Nebraska red. Why do basketball and volleyball wear white jerseys at home, but the football team wears red jerseys at home? I've never understood it, and it bothers me. 
<laughs> Jason. Well, um, that's a really good question. Um, I can't honestly tell you uh, off the top of my head, uh, uh, give you the details of exactly why it's that way. I don't, I don't know if it's more the tradition of those sports. I'm thinking about college basketball. It is. It, it's just you, the tradition. You wear your whites at home. You wear your yeah. whites at home. Football seems to be a little bit different. Um, I don't know what I would do about that, Greg. Should I bring that up with the NCAA? Uh, I, and I've always wondered why basketball. I I would prefer to see our darker color at home yeah, games. Yeah. But I think they're the great. I think they're cool looking uniforms. But I think you're right. I think it's more sports specific. I did not know. I don't know the specifics of volleyball. I don't know. No, no I don't either. I, I think it just kind of becomes tradition of the sport that ends up getting embraced nationally. It's certainly not a mandate. It's not a Big Ten thing where it says you'll wear whites at home. Um, but I agree with that. I, I think it would be pretty cool, I mean, um, wearing our reds at home. Question in the chat room about the tunnel walk. It says, Trev, it seemed like we had some issues this year, maybe the longer walk from the new facility. Your thoughts about the tunnel walk here this year? I'm sure you've heard this this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some work to do there. And part of that is, you know, working with the new staff. And uh, it is a different tunnel walk. There is a different time. Um, I'll also tell you that our football coach, um, he's a tremendous communicator. And sometimes um, he gets on a roll in the pregame speech. <laughs> and so sometimes we get a little bit of delay. The reality is I think we'll, we'll, we need to do a better job of that. Um, it's a simple timing thing. Um, at the end of the day, what I'd hate to see is I'd hate to see our team get a penalty for not being out on the field. Uh, and then you'll also see sometimes the, um, the visiting team, they'll wait and wait and wait, and finally they just run out on the field. It'd be nice for us to be prior to that. But there's, there's no nefarious intent uh, on that end, I think, yeah, coming from the go big with a longer walk and a different, uh, we've got, with a new staff, we've got some work to do to clean up uh, that timing, but we'll get that done. You mentioned go big. Give us an update. There's workers over there every day. We've got a good view here from our studios. <laughs> Still doing great. You know, uh, we, we have all of the delivery dates on every single area. And uh, as I've said uh, recently, most all of those spaces are supposed to be transferred over by the end of this calendar year, which is coming up, or the middle of January, somewhere in there. There's a couple spaces, I think it's the academic support and life skills that are more like in March. So the question is, you know, how disruptive do we want to be? Do we just stay where we are until the end and then do it this summer? But uh, projects coming along very well. Um, you know, just like anything else where football is, um, you know, when you build a new house, there's some things that you need to come back in, some punch list items. But by and large, I think it flows really well. I think the players really appreciate it. And I can just tell you this uh, makes a big difference in, in recruiting. Uh, this is so. not a facility that any other uh, athletic departments have. Um, what I'm really excited about, I mean, football is benefiting today. What I'm excited about and what I think our donors are excited about, this is a facility that's going to impact all of our student-athletes. So as we move over there with a bigger space for the training table, as we have academics and life skills and, and other areas move over, um, this will be the elite training and development facility in college athletics right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we're honored to get to have that. That's cool. Seatbelt News saves lives and prevents injuries. Nearly 15,000 lives saved per year. Buckle up this message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Need to work a break in 402-413-2400. More with Trev coming up. Back inside our Acres Broadcast Center. Acres is the Midwest premier John Deere dealer. Acres, they have solutions for every field. It's our athletic director show for the month of November, 402-413-2400. Hey, you have an undefeated basketball team. How much <laughs> fun's that been? 
Well, it's it's been an awful lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, again just so proud of Fred and and uh, our coaching staff. I you know I that's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to coach. I know Fred's having a lot of fun and. The reality is the schedule changes a little bit, it right? Does. The next four, um, I think, you know, of course, you got Creighton on there. I think you got Sunday, uh, big that one. Sunday, Kansas State. You got some other teams in there that, but, but this is a team again. I, <laughs> this is a team that I think Nebraskans can identify with. They play really hard. They share the basketball. Uh, they're aggressive. Um, they rebound. Like it's, it, it's a fun team to watch, and uh, I'm really, really pleased for Fred. And I'm, I'm just. I think the schedule was really good for them to start out. I mean, you got you got a lot of new players, right? Mm-hmm. You got portal guys, and so as they continue to grow, I, I tell you what, I went to the Duquesne game. That that was a team with a lot of talent. They had length, they had athleticism. Um, we were pushed. Our team responded. Like I, I saw some really really good things, and so um, I love their aggressiveness. I, I love Coach Lenzer. Of course, I've got a history with him from Cedar Falls, Iowa. But I like the intensity Same that high he school, brings. You guys? Same high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He he he. He's fell one tackle short of breaking my all-time football tackle record in high First school. First time you've mentioned this, I think. Well, he, he claims that um, it might have been rigged, and he's probably right. Uh, but he's just an amazing person, amazing yeah. coach. Um, and again, I, resiliency and toughness, uh, I think, is, is what this team is, can be about. I, I, I love watching rank play. I mean, again, you look at all of their players, Bryce Williams, um, I think uh, you know, they've shot the ball well. Uh, I... I'm excited to see where they can go with this team. KC's fun to watch, too. He's hard not to, to enjoy, yeah. and the fans love him. But you know what I, what I saw him do a little bit, even the last game, is, listen, his play, he played with it himself. He didn't miss a shot the entire game, didn't miss a free throw. And so, you know, if you play within the flow of the – he's going to get his points. But we have other scorers. We have guys that can get to the rim. Um, and we've got the toughness uh, on the line. And, you know, you, how do you not like to cheer for Alec? I mean, right. just the way he plays is—it's just he just plays with a joy that you can feel. I think the team looks like they enjoy playing with each other. I mean, so many teams—it's just these small cultural things that actually lead to—and I give Fred a lot of co- uh, you know credit for leading in that way. Amy Williams seems off to a four and two start. They had a huge win off the court in the recruiting trail with Britt Prince, a young girl from up near Elkhorn, signing with the Huskers a couple weeks ago. She's one of the best players in the country. A five-star recruit, you know, we spent a lot of time, Amy spent an awful lot of time, uh, and I had the privilege of meeting the family several times. And, you know, at the end of the day, what makes you feel really good is, like, we, we, we talk about and we want young people, not, not every young person in the state of Nebraska, right, is going to choose to come play for the Cornhuskers. There's, it just it's, isn't feasible. But what, what I want to have and what sold me on coming here from Iowa was Coach Osborne told us essentially this. He didn't say these words, but you can max out here. Like, if you come here and you work, we will have people, facilities, and a vision for every single thing that you need as a student-athlete. And you know what I found out? Right. It was true. Yeah. And so that's kind of the contract that the administration makes with – and I want families who, in the state of Nebraska, no matter where you are, if you're a five-star recruit, know you can come to the University of Nebraska and be the best basketball player, best version of yourself, student, whatever it is, socially, spiritually – and I'm just really, I'm really, really proud that, um, that we have the coaches, Amy and others on our staff, that young people are looking up, Jordy Bald softball, seeing who's leading our programs and saying, I want to be a part of that. That says something special. And uh, so Amy's got a great team this year, another young team. Uh, I love the Potts kid, young player, aggressive, skilled. Um, and, um, you know, their, their schedule 
uh, heats up here as well. They play Wednesday night, which right. would be uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but I, I just, again, I love the trajectory there. And then you add in some of this young talent. I think the sky's the limit for our women's basketball program. Good stuff. Trev Albert's with us, 402-413-2400. Let's uh, go to Omaha. Joe, you're up next with Trev. Good evening. Hello. How are you guys doing? Hi, Joe. How are you? I am well. I'm well. You talked about resiliency and toughness, and uh, that reminds me of the wrestling team. And I just wanted to give a quick shout-out. I got a two-part thing. Quick shout-out to the wrestling team. As of right now, you know, they're starting off great. Top 10 team with, you know, most publications. Got a lot of good wrestlers coming back. Super resilient, super tough. So a shout-out to the wrestling team. But I also wanted to ask, (laughs) there's some Husker folklore about the the Florida State game. That was your last game. And we all kind of know, you know, the referee situation. But the folklore that, uh, that I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, is that Tom Osborne, after the game, was very adamant about not talking about the referees after the game, post-game. And, and you're the only one who might have been defiant to that. Uh, any, any sort of truth to any of that folklore? And I'll hang up and listen to your response. Thank you. Well, thank you, Joe, and I uh, appreciate the call. I'm, I'm really, uh, I appreciate you bringing up Mark Manning and our wrestling team. Um, you know, he... He's got a tremendous wrestling program, and uh, it's a little bit early, but, you know, we're, we have got, I think this could be among his most talented teams he's ever had. And you're talking about the Big Ten where wrestling is very, very important. And you think about the commitment Iowa and Penn State. And so to see Mark and his coaching staff, it's just been, it's been slow, incremental, but consistent progress of just getting better as a program and where they're finishing. So excited to to watch uh, our wrestling program. So the folklore, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily folklore, uh, but Joe, I I can confirm, and I would tell you it's probably not my most proud moment uh, as a human being. But yes, Coach Osborne, uh, uh, you know, he's the classiest person you'll ever meet. And, um, you know, uh, I I did uh, uh, make some negative comments about the officiating. We all felt... um, you know, that, that perhaps, and I think it was confirmed later, uh, there were several calls that ultimately, if we had, perhaps if we would have had uh, instant replay back in those days, mm-hmm. it could have been different. And uh, so I was reprimanded uh, by the Big 8 conference, and uh, I did make some comments that uh, was not uh, great relative to the officiating. But, of course, we at that point didn't know that they would win three national championships in the next four years. So we went into that game. I went into that game. It had been 10 years since Coach Osborne coached in a national championship. It was 1983. And so in my mind, I'm thinking this is perhaps his last chance at a national championship. And so to be that close. So um, I don't know if it's folklore, but, yes, I was reprimanded by the Big A Conference for negative comments about officiating. I did not know that. It was warranted. But I probably <laughs> shouldn't it. have said it. <laughs> uh, Andy in Phoenix on our text line said, Trev, Trev, congrats on the Rays and extension. Uh, lots of games in the Big Ten have been had some questionable refereeing calls. As an athletic director, what can you do to have the Big Ten be more transparent on some of the calls that they make during, or during reviews of games, targeting holding against uh, some of the ones that are big, big calls? Well, it is a really good question, you know, and it's something we talk about all the time. And I would tell you that Commissioner Petiti is very serious about this. The, the, the reality is this. Um, officials are human, too, um, and officials do make mistakes. Obviously, we're not trying to embarrass officials. We're not trying to embarrass the Big Ten Conference. But there's a lot on the line here, and that's what gets communicated, right? 
we have a lot of communication. There will be times when our coaches get phone calls that say, hey, we apologize, you know, we missed that one. The reality is this, and, and you know, um, not trying to divulge conversation with Coach Rule and I, but I, I think the thing that is a real concern is this. It's one thing to make a, a call that's not right in, in the heat of the moment. Again, this is a fast game, whether it's basketball, football. I mean, it happens so fast. But, but, but the real issue is when we get to replay. Replay is there for a reason. Um, and we need to make sure replay gets it right. What's been challenging at times is you'll, and it's not just the Big Ten. I've seen it on the NFL. I've watched it on the SEC. You will have the official person evaluating who's in charge of training the officials on television will say, well, clearly that's not a catch. And it'll be, uh, you know, and then they go back on and say, confirmed, it's a catch. And so there's a little bit of a credibility issue there, but we're not ever going to be uh, an athletic department uh, that creates excuses or complaints about officiating. The reality is this. We get calls that go against us. We get calls for us that we probably shouldn't get, you know, and it tends to even out. The reality is this across the board. Um, we're working hard with officials and making sure we have the right ones. It's also a reality that it is getting harder and harder to find officials. Mm -hmm. um, getting young officials in the pipeline to grow them so that they're prepared on a Saturday night on NBC with everything on the line in a very hostile environment to make the right call is more challenging than you might think. Andy, appreciate it. Thanks for the question. Let's well work on a caller before our next break. We'll go to Grand Island and Chris. Good evening, Chris. You are up with Trev. Hey, Trev. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Good. Uh, I have a kind of like a three-part question here. Uh, the first part question is I want to congratulate you and your fall sports team on one heck of a season, especially for John Cook's volleyball team and John Walker's uh, women's soccer team getting all the way to the Elite Eight. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, thank and, you. Go ahead. Then the other question is, is, I'll give a shout-out to all your winter sports teams for uh, men's and women's basketball, uh, wrestling, and especially the women's bowling program, because I know that Nebraska women's bowling, bowling program is pretty good. Absolutely. And the last question is, is I was hearing some rumors here at the, the local news stations here in Grand Island and around the surrounding areas about uh, with the expansion for the South Stadium for next year. And I've heard it, that if it keeps getting pushed forward, I don't know if you can comment on this, uh, about there might be some academic troubles. There might be some academic troubles. Mm -hmm. um, well, let, let, let me just kind of walk through. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, first of all, I, I agree with you. The work that John Cook and that John Walker uh, have done this year, uh, not at the end of their career, but clearly they've been at this a long time. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I can't be more appreciative. Uh, John Walker, three years ago, um, you know, I don't know what the record was, but it was challenged. And he went to work, and he's built this team in large part with Nebraska players. I think he's got 15 Nebraskans. Not that we don't love student-athletes from outside of Nebraska, but I, I love the fact that uh, a lot of our players are, are from Nebraska. John Cook just responded in a massive way of taking an elite program 
and, 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 and this trying to make it even better, right? And we said all along, don't ever take our volleyball program for granted. Back in the day when it was 60 and three in football, and we always thought, well, we're always gonna be winning national championships. It doesn't happen that way. It's tremendous leadership from John Cook. It's his work ethic. It's the people he surrounded himself with and the young ladies he's recruited. Um, winter sports, I agree, fantastic. We'll see where it all goes. Love Paul Klemp and our bowling program. Uh, those are incredible young student athletes that work very hard in that program. Relative to the South Stadium, I, I, I think it's, it is fair to say the reality is uh, our university does have multiple challenges, right? Like, and, and all of these are, uh, are realities. The athletic department, which is a self-sustained athletic department that does not receive any taxpayer dollars or student fees, never has as part of our culture and something we're very proud of, and historically, prior to some of these changes, has actually contributed cash back to campus. In fact, um, we've gone through all of the comp, uh, uh, contributions, and much of this is, 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 is legitimate and, and very fair. But the athletic department, between paying full fare for all of our scholarships, in-state, out-of-state, and international, and other fees, it's about $29 million a year in terms of um, you know, an economic benefit to our campus. The challenge is, uh, and it's nobody's fault on our campus, is that a convergence of a lot of different things, uh, high school graduating student enrollment numbers are down. So enrollment is down across the country. Um, we happen to be participating in what's called Nebraska Promise, which is a fantastic program that allows free tuition for students from families under $65,000. That's a great program, it's an important. We also happen to be a part of the largest inflation ever in our, you know, all at the same time. So you put these convergences together and there are deficits on our campuses. And so tough decisions are going to have to be made. So the challenge for us in athletics is how do we create business strategies that allow for us to do three main things, Greg, and it's really important. Our fan base and alumni expect me and our leadership team to deliver these three things. Number one, we need to have enough resources to ensure competitive success. Winning matters at the University of Nebraska, right? Number two, we have to re retain financial independence from our campus, meaning the only thing that could be harder for our campus than what it currently is, is if we, like the vast majority of other athletic departments, needed state taxpayer dollars and student fees to fund our operations. That's number two. Number three is a broad-based athletic department. You don't get 92,000 people showing up for volleyball if years ago we didn't invest in women's athletics at a very high level. So my job is to do those three things and create that business strategy. Sometimes when you're working on those strategies, um, it can be viewed as at cross purposes with challenges on campus. And I think you have to differentiate between what is funded through taxpayer dollars and what is a self-sustained business strategy for the future. That's probably what he's referencing. Um, and um, again, when, when resources are scarce, there's going to be people fighting for resources. We understand that. We'll stay above the fray on that and continue doing our job to deliver in support of our student athletes. Very good. Chris, thanks for the phone call. He dialed us up. On our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, Woodhouse is your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying in your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. More coming up next. Dorothy Lynch, home style, light and lean dressing, endless flavorabilities. It's our athletic director show for the month of November. Trev with us for a few more minutes here tonight. Text question, 
Doug in Norfolk. Trev, any more discussions on trying to up, get updates out at Haymarket Park? One more time. Any, any updates on more discussions about updating Haymarket Park for baseball? Yeah, we, we've, we've had uh, uh, good discussions. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tri-party agreement, actually. The city's city. involved, the Salt Dog's involved, we're involved. And um, so we're working on that. Doug Ewald, who's our chief financial officer, is also sport administrator for the sport of baseball, working with Will Bold. So obviously there's some things that we want to do there to help advance our program that we actually think can actually add a lot, um, you know, to the park. Uh, for, for everybody and, and perhaps even some community stuff. But I don't have any specific updates, only that we have a vision we're okay. working through and trying to figure it out. Very good. Doug, appreciate the text. Baseball's obviously in the spring. A lot of people want to know if you know when the spring football game is going to take place. Yeah, it's early, and uh, um, we're glad to be able early in terms of its announcement. We're glad to be able to do this. I know people um, s- schedule things around the spring game. It's important even in our own city. So April 27th oh, okay. this year is going to be our spring game. So it's a little bit later. Uh, maybe the weather will be a little bit nicer. But, you know, in talking with our football program and Coach Rule, a lot of what they're doing is backing away, you know, as you go back from that date in terms of how you're doing all your workouts and training for the for the players, strength and conditioning, and your off-season workouts. So April 27th will be the spring game, 2024. Um, so we can announce that to our fans. Fantastic. There you go, folks. April 27th. Need to step aside. We were long in the last segment. Need to get a, our final break in. A few minutes still left with Trev. We're back to do that next. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network studio, brought to you by Acres. They are the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, Acres Solutions for every field. We had a caller and a texter allude to this, but congratulations. You're going to be here a while. Well-deserved contract for you, a commitment from the university to you, and I think settle in. This, this place needs some stability. Well, my wife, Angela, and I and our entire family, obviously, we're, we're Cornhuskers, you know, and, and we're just so honored and uh, privileged to get to, to serve a university that I love. You know, we, we've got... We've got challenges, uh, but I would tell you, in looking out at some of these changes and how the, you know, the changes in media affect conferences and all of this that we've talked about, and litigation in the NCAA and and NIL and transfer portal and ultimately as additional dollars get shifted right to student athletes, I, I don't think there's an athletic department in the country and a fan base in the country that's more reasonably prepared to adapt and adjust to those changes in Nebraska. Um, it's because of our fans. It's because of past leadership who, um, you know, had a, a responsibility to operate this fiscally responsibly. They did. We're the only athletic department in the Big Ten that doesn't have debt. That's remarkable. Yeah. We took out debt on the Go Big project of $50 million, and in this year's budget, it'll all be repaid in this fiscal year. So at the end of uh, July 30, uh, June 30th, 2024, back to no debt. So we're well positioned. We'll keep a healthy balance sheet. We'll see where all the changes end up. But we have great coaches here. We have great administrators. We have great people like you, Greg. Together, we can do some pretty amazing things. So it's an honor to be here. Big Ten Championship game Saturday night, Indianapolis, Michigan, Iowa. Jim Harbaugh will be allowed to coach this game. I know you were involved in a lot of calls, commissioner, about that whole thing, the suspension late in the season. How do you feel like the commissioner handled himself through that whole thing? Well, I thought Tony did an outstanding job. Uh, first of all, I've got a lot of respect for the folks at Michigan. You know, Ward Manuel's a great colleague, and I, I played football with Jim. He was captain comeback in Indianapolis yep. during my time there. And, and um, so it was a really challenging situation. And sometimes I think there's information that's accessible to some that maybe all don't know. It's just like you got to be careful what you read. 
not sure if it's out of context, but you know, Tony got thrown into a pretty tough situation early on in his tenure. You'd like to have, kind of like Kevin Warren did, frankly, during COVID. COVID. Mm -hmm. You'd like to have a little bit of a runway, um, but I think you stood on principle. What's in the best long-term interest of the Big Ten Conference? There was no effort by Tony Petiti to try to embarrass Michigan. At the same time, there has to be standards, and he felt strongly about that. I certainly supported him, and uh, we're excited to be working with our colleagues at Michigan and continue building the Big Ten into the best conference in college athletics. Fantastic. All right, let's keep this bas- those basketball teams hot, and let's go win a national title in volleyball. Let's, let's do, do that. It. That'd be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Good to see you. Thank you, sir. Trev Albert's with us here, his monthly show. We'll be back in December for another hour with Trev. Woodhouse Auto Family, they are your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com.